Good evening, everyone. I'm Ian James Wright from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to The Alphabetical Fugazi, the only podcast that devotes an episode each to discussing every song in the band's catalog from Fuga A to Fuga Z. And joining me today to discuss Untitled from the 2001 album The Argument is cellist extraordinaire Amy Dominguez, who played on this song and elsewhere on the album. Amy, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Ian. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure entirely. I think I mentioned this to you when I first reached out, but, um, you know, you, you do a podcast on every Fugazi song. It sounds pretty straightforward, but it's not. There are some questions that come up like, uh, what do you do about with all the little tracks on the instrument soundtrack? Uh, do you cover the songs that were demos only? And another question came up with Untitled because, you know, there appear to be no members of Fugazi playing an instrument on it and they never performed it live so it was like does this actually count as a fugazi song so um i was thinking about that and i decided really the only way i'd do this is if you were my guest and i could pester you for (laughs) some inside information so yeah thanks again for your time Uh, as far as i'm concerned there's no pressure to like make this as long as one of my usual episodes i have no idea how much you have to say about it but i'm just happy to hear what you have to say so uh yeah again thank you Yeah, it's my pleasure. My first question really is, typically, when I see that a band has brought on a guest instrumentalist, I figure, you know, maybe they ask the producer, do you know someone who plays cello? Or maybe that uh, instrumentalist is just known around town for contributing to lots of projects. But for some reason, when it's Fugazi, I assume that someone in the band was friends with you and there was an existing relationship there. Um, Is that the case? Yes, that is very much the case. (laughs) <laughs> Great. I, I had no idea. So um, please, could you could you let me know how you first met the guys in the band? Sure. Yeah. Um, I had grown up in the area in Northern Virginia, actually. And and then um, I went away to school. I went to to James Madison in Harrisonburg for undergrad in the early 90s. And I moved back um, and moved to Arlington in 1995 shared a house with some some friends there. I think back in those days it was like, you know, the 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 cheap places for musicians to live in DC. It seemed like Arlington and Mount Pleasant. It was like you either lived in one of those places because there was a lot going on musically um, and it was affordable to live in. It was very cheap back then and it's it's ironic cuz now those two places are probably one of the most expensive places to live in DC. But um, but yeah, it was very different back then. I was playing music, I guess, most prominently with um, my friend Jenny Toomey and, and um, Kristen Thompson, who had a band called Tsunami. Um, and they ran a record label called Simple Machines. And they brought me on just at the kind of the tail end of that band, they had released what would be their last record. And I ended up playing bass and cello on tour with them. Yeah, so I was I was playing music in the scene. I was also playing in a band called Telegraph Melts with uh, my friend Bob Massey. And that was like an electric guitar and amplified cello duo. It was pretty kind of heavy, like metalish riffs, um, kind of distorted. And so I was doing some kind of experimental music as well as the, you know, kind of like indie rock stuff. 
I met Jerry Busher. I don't know, probably at a show or th through mutual friends. I it's funny because I I kept pretty detailed journals from those years, which have it's totally saved me because <laughs> otherwise I'm not sure I would have a lot to talk about. Yeah, just like Ian Mackay. Just because I have I have a pretty bad memory, so I and I've always known I have a bad memory, so most of the time I'm pretty diligent about recording, especially musical stuff, you know, since I am, um, mu music is pretty much the most important thing in my life and it's my job. And, you know, so I, I, I tend to record, um, in, in writing, you know, things that are going on, but anyway, yeah. So I met Jerry, I think it was like the summer of 2000 and we, we started playing music together. Um, I, I had started writing, I enjoyed playing with in in bands and and playing other people's music, but I also had felt the need to start writing my own music. And um, yeah, I, I I grew up classically trained on cello and piano, but when I went away to school in Harrisonburg, I started playing bass um, in some bands, playing cello in some bands, and I started feeling like, oh, I need to start writing some of my own stuff. So. Yeah, Jerry and I were friends, and he was really, um, he was, he was really um, supportive and helping push me towards writing my own music. I think at the time I had I had some self confidence issues about you know <laughs> just putting myself out there as as anyone does work you know writing solo stuff. It's like it's just you, you know. Um, but we ended up doing a show at the Black Cat in October of 2000. And that's that's what became my band, um, Garland of Hours, uh, which later included both Jerry and Brendan. And I can talk more about that later. But um, Jerry also asked me to play in his band All Scars, which was like an experimental kind of free jazz band that he had with with Chuck Bettis. And it also featured kind of a rotating cast of of musicians. And so I, I played a show with them, the first show in um, October, also in October of 2000, that was a busy month, um, at Artomatic. And I was playing cello and keyboards. I might even have been singing a little bit. It's I don't quite remember. There might even be footage of that somewhere. But I think, you know, that's when, that's around the time that I met the rest of the guys in the band. I remember Guy and Ian and Brendan um, seeing them at, at some of the All Scars shows that I played with Jerry. Um, and, but, but playing, playing with Jerry and Chuck in, in All Scars was, was really freeing because I, I felt like I could use the cello um, in, in like a totally different way than I was using in, in some of the other bands I was in. Um, it was, you know, really just focusing on noise and texture and um, I was using effects and some samples. But yeah, so that's, that's how I, I, um, I ended up meeting the guys in, in Fugazi. And also I lived, 
I lived kind of around the corner from from Ian, um, from the Discord house. Jenny Toomey and I lived at at um, the Simple Machines house, which was on Monroe Street in Arlington, and and so it was just like a couple blocks away from Discord. And you know, I'd see Ian riding his bike around, going to yoga, or you know, just like <laughs> we just like see you know you know see each other around. Um, yeah. So you really, um, you really met the band pretty shortly before the argument was recorded, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, of course, I knew who they all were, right. um, you know, well, well before that. But, but um, yeah, it wasn't until Jerry and I started playing together that um, that I, I really, you know, got got to know them all more. Do you remember how the collaboration came about? Do you think, was this something they had thought of before they went into the studio? Or was it the case where they got in there and they were like, you know what, Amy Dominguez, let's let's get her in here. <laughs> um, you know, I think with, with, with this album, with the argument, you know, they were trying to enhance the scope of their, their sonic palette. I guess that's a fancy way of... Of saying it, but but um, I had d- done some playing also. I think with Brendan, a little bit too. He was starting to get into some soundtrack work, and had me come play on on some things. I think they they probably just thought it would be a, a good other sound to add to to the um, to the album. You know, considering that they also brought in female vocalists for the yeah for for some of the tracks too with right. with Kathy Kathy and Bridget yeah beautiful results i have to say it's like a lot of people really are huge fans of the arguments a lot of people say it's their favorite fugazi album and i i really do think that expanded sonic palette adds to that a great deal it's a real interesting I, I guess I want to say departure, but that's only because they made one album uh, with that kind of like expanded palette, and it's it's sort of a tantalizing vision of what could have been if they had kept making albums and kept going in that direction. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I I wish I had written more extensive notes about about the actual recording process. I know that the the date was. February 9th, it was a Friday, a Friday evening, February 9th, 2001. Uh, so I have a, a date and time, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of relying just on my, my own vague memories from 20 years ago, because I didn't really write much down about it other than, oh, I went to Fugazi, had me come in and play on their new album. <laughs> do they do they send you any kind of tracks in advance, or uh, do they just have you come no. in the studio and it's just like, hey, here's something, play on it? No, no, it, they didn't send me tracks in advance. Um, I think it was fairly short notice from what I recollect. But but I was familiar with Inner Ear, and and with with Don Zantara. Um I had done some recording there before with other bands, um, and I mean my re- recollection is that I came in, and 
uh, yeah, I, I, I put down um, tracks on the three songs. Um, and yeah, I ended up, you know, I usually have, um, I usually have like music staff paper, special music paper, but I, I didn't have any. So I just used this piece of notebook paper and kind of wrote out some, some notes and sketches, um, just kind of going along with, with, um, the parts that, that they wanted me to do, which were mostly kind of following the baseline, mm -hmm. but, um, I think what's interesting about it is, is yeah, um, it, it's a very kind of um, the the cello, the texture of the cello adds this kind of extra crunchiness to it, mm. um, to the to the to the bass sound in, um, combined with 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 Joe's line. Um, yeah, and for listeners, Amy was kind enough to uh, provide an image of that piece of notebook paper and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes <laughs> it's a real cool little document for fugazi nerds um and and just to clarify you said three songs so you're talking about cash out uh strange light and uh, apparently you played tracks on argument that they didn't end up using in the final uh, on the record yeah which i had i had forgotten about and you know i have this folder that has a lot of my um just studio sheets from from bands that I've worked with because very often, you know, I obviously I saved this one. Um, I I, ha I don't think I've looked at it in twenty years, but I knew it was important to save it because Fugazi was um, probably the most I would say the most famous band I'd worked you know played played with you know well actually since then probably too but but. Um, but very often, you know, I would I would record some things with the band in the studio, and then they'd be, oh, can you come play this show live with us? And you know, I would already have all my charts and everything. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad I saved this. But I had yeah, I had forgotten that um, I had done some some doubling on um, the argument the the second the second verse. And then played some on the the chorus, but you know I'm not offended that they didn't use it because you know it's it's a very yeah <laughs> it's, you don't want to have too much of a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. All the same, I would love to hear that version. As as far as the actual untitled song goes, that was mostly just me w making weird sounds, and I I I distinctly remember, especially Gee was like really captivated by when I would with string instruments if you if you bow really close to the bridge it creates this this really kind of eerie sound where there's lots of harmonics and it's mm. it's um you know which is what you hear on the the opening track um and so he was he was getting me to he was just like oh can you do more of that you know that cool sound near the bridge and can we get more harmonics? And so they basically um, just recorded a bunch of samples of, of me playing. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, you would have to ask Brendan, but I do have a note from, 
May 21st, <laughs> in my journal, I was, I was at Brendan's house. We were, um, because at that point, um, Brendan was playing along with me and Jerry um, in Garland of Hours. And Brendan was also like super generous with his time and um, really encouraging me to, um, to work more on my own music and um, but I have a note that says, uh, May 21st, Brendan played the sample of me, which opens the new Fugazi record. Oh, <laughs> I nice. couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. It's, it's like a sound collage. It sounds really cool and distorted. So that's what I wrote. So he, he played that for me. Um, and that makes me think that he, he was the, he was behind putting that, that kind of collage together. But yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to confirm that with him. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, I was. I had been wondering if you were like listening to previous tracks while you played over them, but in, instead, it's, it seems like they sort of composed the track out of uh, various things that you had tried, right? Yeah. I mean, the other three songs, yes, I was listening to to tracks in in the headphones, but for for the untitled, or I guess some people call it intro because that's what comes up when you listen to it on Apple iTunes or any of the streaming services. Oh, it Um, does. Okay. There's a little confusion over that actually. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I, I, yeah, I was like, I think it's untitled, but the, and then on the actual liner notes, it doesn't say anything. It just says, um, it just says like, doesn't it just say one? I'm, I'm looking at the, yeah, it just says one. It's cool that to hear that Guy was giving you sort of like tonal directions about bowing near the bridge. Did they give you any kind of direction about what to play like melodically or just in in terms of mood to go for? You know, I honestly don't remember. I just my my main impression or main memory was 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 that they were um yeah, they just wanted like weird sounds and like wanted to hear the possibilities of yeah like I did a bunch of like kind of slides up and down the fingerboard and um uh but they they were they were all really um uh supportive and encouraging and and like oh wow that sounds really cool and um, it was it was an exciting thing to be there and to to have that opportunity. Um, I, yeah, I I definitely was was a little a little nervous, you know. But but um, at, at you know at that point, I I had spent enough time around them to you know not feel super self conscious. So. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And um, just for completion's sake, uh, so I so I can visualize the scene. You're playing like a a traditional, um, you know, hollow body cello, or was it like an electric cello? Or no, it was it was um, uh, the cello that I played for that. I I do have a carbon fiber, but I didn't get it until later. Um, that cello that I played is. Um, about uh, 150 years old. Mm. Um, it's unlabeled from a possibly German maker. They can tell that by the 
by the details in the wood and um, yeah, so it's just stand, <laughs> standard classical acoustic cello that I played on that. And I, I didn't play with any, it wasn't recorded with any effects. I think some effects, it was, there, was some, there was some processing put on it later. I guess as far as the radio chatter part, it's probably best to ask Brendan or someone like that about that because uh, obviously you weren't there when they came up with, with that. But uh, it's a very intriguing way to open an album. It sort of serves as, a, as an overture a little bit, right? Sets a certain mood. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I wrote about it in my journal, you know, when, when Brendan played that clip for me because I was like, wow, that's going to open the, the record. I felt so, like, excited that they would use that, that sound, you know, yeah. of, of my cello and... Absolutely. I think it came together so great. Um, And I like the way that they sort of use that radio chatter sound as a bridge. Um, And even though uh, we we don't hear you in the song argument at the end of the album, that that little radio noise does come back and provides this little bridge. So the whole thing is very cinematic. And it's it's kind of like you can tell that Brendan was getting into soundtrack stuff a little. Um, I I imagine that he had a, a large hand in that sort of like the conceptual stuff yeah (laughs) yeah i'm not sure sure. but it just strikes me that way yeah well uh also i just wanted to say to listeners um do check out that image because uh, a nice little easter egg for fugazi fans is uh you get to see the working title for strange light and uh i I won't spoil it go check it out for yourself i I never would have imagined it (laughs) very interesting um, we did give you props, by the way. We had uh, Jerry Busher on for the episode on Strange Light, and uh, we had fun talking about that interesting, like, jam out part at the end and your contributions there. So, yeah, re- just yeah. really love hearing you on the album in general. It's um, it's a lovely contribution. Thank you. Yeah, I did. I did listen um, to the Strange Light episode because I was curious to hear what Jerry remember what his recollections of. of recording that song were and yeah that was it was a really nice episode yeah for sure and thanks thanks for the shout out <laughs> of course of course well um usually i i go into a section called ratings and i, I try to like rate every fugazi song like on, on my sort of mental image of like what their entire discography is like what are the best fugazi songs i i don't think i'll do that for this one it, it just seems like impossible to like sort of uh compare with with a, a quote-unquote normal Fugazi song. So I'll just sort of right. let it stand as, as this very cool little choice that they made to, uh, to open the album this way. But I would like to um, throw it to some of the listeners on the Alphabetical Fugazi Facebook page. A few people had comments on this one. Tom Goebel says, The static radio feedback is chaotic and disorienting, and the cello melodies are beautiful but haunting. It suits the album really well as a mood setter. Jared Coffin says, uh, Untitled is one song that you can shuffle with your entire library, no matter what song, in any genre, it still flows right in. Mm. Dallin McDougall, this was interesting. He said, remember that long helicopter shot in the beginning of The Shining, where it's following the car driving through the mountains? This song always (laughs) reminds me of the music that plays over those opening credits. Yeah, that was fascinating. I I did go back and rewatch that opening scene. Uh, yeah, very cool observation. I guess it's like a synthesizer uh, mainly happening in that opening shot, but I could totally oh, okay. hear this over that. 
So um, That's so funny. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Bradford Goodwin says, uh, sounds like an orchestra tuning up in a building that's on fire. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and Dan Tennant says, it is a very haunting and mournful intro. The tone and the radio signals made me think of 9-11, which was fresh in all of our minds at the time this album came out. Mm, yeah. Cool. Um, well, thanks for telling me all that background info, Amy. Really cool to hear, and I would like to give you a chance to do some plugs. I know you're involved in a lot of projects, not only as a cellist, and uh, but it seems you play the viola da gamba also, which is like, what is that, a, a sort of renaissance instrument? It, it is. It's, it's an instrument that um, it's, it's actually like a bowed guitar. It's, you know, people look at it and they're like, it's, is that a cello with frets? It's, it's, um, but it's more, it, it's, it's got six strings. It's tuned um, like a guitar, but only, but with D at the top and D at the, with a D um, range. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually kind of took a hiatus from, from playing, you know, like rock music and experimental music to go to go back to school. And I went to Peabody in Baltimore and, and did a master's degree studying this this instrument um, that was popular. And this instrument was popular in this like the 15th through the 18th centuries. And I've kind of specialized in it and I perform on it um, professionally now, in addition to to doing um, cello stuff, and um, I, I occasionally will still do some some non classical stuff. Like uh, during the pandemic, I did a recording with um, with my good friend uh, with Mary Timoney, who um, I've played. We've collaborated together before. She played on a couple of my Garland of Hours records, and I played on um, one of her solo records. But we did. Um, uh, a, a video actually Brendan <laughs> Brendan directed it and recorded on, recorded it this was in January of this year um, and uh, Matador Records put it out it was kind of like a special um, performance virtual performance um, because her her first solo album Mountains was uh, re-released by Matador so we did um, we did songs from that. I played piano and cello on that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that's available to stream. I'm sure they'll put it up on YouTube YouTube at some point. But um, it was fun to work with with Brendan again after a, a while too. <laughs> we've done actually with Brendan. I've done we've done a bunch of projects through the years. We also worked together on. Um, Sam Green's um, documentary about the called the Weather Underground. We did that shortly after the Fugazi record, um, and that was uh, that's an amazing film. It was nominated for an Academy Award, um, but uh, Brendan was involved with that as well as myself and Dave Cerf, who was um, in this band called the Threnody Ensemble which is another, it was like a neoclassical band that I was playing in um, around that time too. Um, But yeah, in terms of other plugs like that your listeners may be interested in, um, I did put the full Garland of Hours 
discography on Bandcamp um, earlier this year, and Brendan and Jerry play on the the first record, which is self-titled. It, it's stuff we recorded from 2000 to 2002. And um, yeah, so you can hear, um, I think Brendan actually sings on, on some, some of the tracks and but that was such a, a really musically fruitful time and a great collaboration. And um, I'm really proud of, of, of those songs that we came up with. And in terms of, of any video footage of that, I think, you know, of course, because this was like 20 years ago, there's not much. But um, the Burn to Shine DC version, we have a song on that. And Jerry's playing drums, I'm playing keyboard and singing, Brendan's playing bass and singing, and Devin Ocampo's playing guitar. So that that's was... A, um, that's a powerhouse lineup. Yeah, that was, I know, that was, <laughs> that was, I just remember it was freezing cold when, when we recorded that and we were all just freezing in this house, but it was fun. But anyway, so those are... Yeah, I'm trying to think of things that would, that are related to, um, to Fugazi in terms of those the projects that I I've been involved with after that. But um, yeah, you can check out those recordings on Bandcamp if you like. Well, that's um, a great place to start, and you know I'll I'll hunt down some links and put those in the show notes. And if you have anything else, uh, please feel free to send those over after we talk, and I'll put those in the show notes too, so listeners can check out really anything you have to offer sure that'd be great thanks again so much uh amy it's just wonderful to hear all the all the background stuff i can as a fugazi completist i feel like the podcast wouldn't be truly complete if we hadn't done this um so it was great to talk to you <laughs> and uh as for me listeners as always you can reach me at fugazi a to z at gmail.com and I hope you'll join me for the next episode when we'll be discussing version. Until then, keep your eyes open. This is